Welcome to a passion project of mine, a collection of conversations captured in time, sharing the tales of people who are making magic real. I'm your host, Julia J, and I'm incredibly excited to be here with you today. What is magic? While magic weaves and threads its way around us every day, magic is a soul essence, its joy, its play. A tiny sparkle is all it takes to set alight a soul fire that shakes, shakes you into being, into feeling alive, feeling full of passion, a feeling you have arrived, arrived to the magic deep within, and that magic feeling, well, that feeling is where life shall begin. Welcome, welcome to today's episode of Making Magic Real. Hello and welcome to a little casual market chat. I thought I'd make this episode today for anyone who is thinking about starting a market stall in the new year or just wants to know a little bit more about it before yeah, they do start. So I've just compiled some notes and at the end I have some little questions. I'll make a little like timestamp of the sections in the um, in the bio of this episode so if you want to skip to certain things you can and I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> I do love talking about markets but yeah I'll try and keep it short and hopefully it is of some help to you. Also apologies <laughs> for my voice. I feel like it sounds a little bit deeper today maybe. I have just finished a four-week pop-up shop and I've never talked so much. <laughs> so yeah my voice has had a bit of a battering and yeah, having my first day off doing more talking. But I've been really excited to make this episode and I've had a few people ask um, in person and like online just about markets. So yeah, I'd love to make this episode as a good little resource. So today I'm just looking at my laptop. So I've got some little, I've wrote out a heap of notes. So today the sections I'd like to talk about is like specifics of what do I need to get for the stall, display, how do I apply, such like how do I get in and find the market for my stall, finding the right market for you, keeping your print costs low, profit margins and money at markets, perspectives, like good perspectives to keep you sane in your market journey because it can be quite testing, (laughs) the energetics of markets, and I just had a little question time at the end because I put something up on Instagram and I just got a couple, so we'll answer them at the end. Specifics, what do I need to get to start a stall? So this is just what I found is useful and slash what most markets will require. If you are doing maybe your casual community market, sometimes they're a lot more chill and it might be like, table and you just you know you bring a table and you turn up and that's all but the market stalls we'll be talking about today is the ones with the gazebos the tents and they're usually quite large and they usually all require you to have public liability so that's just a market insurance that yeah they need you to have so you can go through one called My Market Insurance and I've been using that one for the last five years and I think that costs $186 a year and you have to select 
when you go into it, I'll also link their website so you can look on there. But you have to select the 20 mil cover. Um, so yeah, so that will cost 186 for the year. I think this year, though, I might be switching my insurance to Aussie, which is A-U-Z-I. And they're a company run up north, Simon Newcastle. I met Neil, who owns the insurance company at a market in Kingscliff, and he was just really lovely. He really cares about storeholders, and they can also offer like uh, insurance that covers market stalls and the retail pop-up shops, which I've started doing shopping centres. So I think I'm going to switch over to them. Um, but yeah, so there's two options, and I'll link them in the notes. Gazebo-wise, you need a 3x3 marquee. I would recommend white um, only because most markets are pretty chill and it depends where you're doing them as well. Like I found when I go up north or up to Queensland, it can be like a bit more chill. Um, But sometimes around Sydney and Newcastle, some of the markets do require you to have white. And I think I'm not sure why it just looks better or an aesthetic thing. But I recommend getting white because it just saves you the trouble if you're committed to doing markets and you just... Yeah, saves you the trouble of not getting into one you want to do. So it's just like, you know, you're done, you have your white marquee. Um, I've always used Oztrail Commercial and they're about $280, I think. Um, But yeah, they're a good investment and they last, they last quite a while. I think I've had, I think I've had three marquees over five years and that's with me like giving them (laughs) absolute battering, (laughs) like doing you know two to three markets a week um a lot of the time so yeah I find them quite good and next things you need maybe I'd grab some market walls while you're getting your gazebo because bad weather (laughs) I shouldn't say bad weather because rain can be lovely but it's not always great when it's a market day so definitely have at least three walls so if it starts raining you can like you know rainproof your side in and still have your front of store open weights for your marquee Um, usually most markets require 10 kilos a leg sometimes if you're doing like the beachfront markets and stuff they might require 20 kilos but that you can just play by ear on a market to market basis options for them um, so I use these like weights off an old weight machine um, and you don't have to like they're just full I carry them around I strap them to my poles of my marquee but some people use the sandbag weights and you can also get the water weights and I will link all three of them I'll try and find the best priced ones um, for them in the show notes as well. Taking payments for your stall. So I always have a cash float of at least, oh, most markets now people don't really use much cash. Um, I th- I'd say $80 is a sweet spot and usually have it in like tens, fives, you know, um, a couple of coins, like maybe a 20 and go of how you've priced things as well. So account your float for how you've priced things. So example, like if everything is like even numbers, like $10, $20, well, then you probably just need even notes. But if you have like stickers for $4, carry a bit more extra change. Um, And then on taking like card payments. So I use Square Up and that's just a $59 little investment. It's a free app linked to your phone and they're very efficient. They work as long as you have mobile data and Wi-Fi. So sometimes they can be a little bit of a hassle. Um, but so far I've just used them because it is a really cheap and easy option. And I'll also link that as well. 
I have also been recommended by another stool holder, which I haven't used this yet, but I think it's something I'll invest in and set up maybe in a year or two, but something called Stripe, because, don't quote me on this, because I haven't used it yet, but he said apparently um, if you have it set up, if you go into somewhere that doesn't have reception, you can still take card payments and they'll go through... Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure on the specifics of that one because I haven't used it, but Stripe is a, I guess, a later option if you're really serious about it. That's how I've kind of seen it. Oh, gotta have a market trolley. (laughs) So a Kmart, (laughs) not to support Kmart, but they do have good things sometimes. Um, but to get a Kmart foldable beach trolley, this has been a savior on so many days. Like I cannot express how many times a like an average or like going all right day could have been turned so bad if I didn't have a trolley because some markets you turn up to and you have to carry your stuff like 200 meters and it's just if you have lots of bits or heavy boxes like you're sweaty before you start it's just like sometimes you maybe you're having not a great day and it just makes it worse so I highly recommend spending $60 (laughs) on a foldable Kmart beach trolley it's a lifesaver I take it everywhere even if I'm like pushing like for space in my car I'm like I will take my trolley <laughs> every time <laughs> so I think they're the main things for like market basics to set you up for things that just make your life easier or the things that the actual markets require um, so next we move on to display so display is such a personal thing because it's your display is going to represent I guess your product and you Um, some basic things which are always useful is just like having you know some foldable tables maybe like one or two big ones Um, if you're displaying art so I have some like foldable um, like wooden stands that my dad made and they hang up frames but I've seen other artists use like you can get some wire mesh grates from Bunnings that are kind of like 80 centimeters by a meter and or like a bit smaller like 80 centimeters by 60 centimeters And then they're easy to fold and stack in your car and you can just cable tie them or hang them from a pole at the market um, and just tie them in securely and then you can hang your frames off them. Tablecloths, some people say plain ones. I've mixed, I have some plain black ones now, but I also have my pattern ones. I think the only thing with tablecloths is I'd say just have them come down to the ground because I feel like that looks best. Like I don't think it matters what colours you go. I think the colours can express your products but I think it looks really nice if they come to the ground and then you can also store your things under your table without it looking messy as well. I'd also have some like containers or boxes to flip through like I have for art if you have art things. Um, I was seeing people like to rummage a little bit. (laughs) I don't know why but it's just like just a human thing you know we like to look we like to find things so I think it's cool if you have like your product in some way like even you have if you had stickers you can like you maybe have a little sticker box that people were rummaging maybe a little bit through the stickers if they're all the same price. Um, Yeah I think it's nice to have different ways of interacting with the store so yeah you can look back they can maybe they can pick some art or product that they can just see without touching and then there's some that they maybe have to flip through I think it makes it a nicer experience display wise too for the actual design of your stall some people designing their stall in a U so it means like following the tables go back and you walk into the stall and there's a table at the back sometimes that works really well for people I've always just gone for like keeping my tables and displays straight like just it's just one straight thing 
um, at the front of the stall and if it's a sunny day I'll put it back a little bit like maybe like half a meter so people have shade to come into but I'll put an easel with an artwork at the front of my stall but I find not having your stuff too far back because sometimes it's like I don't know if it's scary but people just like don't like walking in as much like they just like to observe and I feel like sometimes walking in can feel like a bit intimidating or that you're tied into a sale so I feel like it makes it more casual and chill if you have your stuff more forward um if you're on a corner it can be nice to be halfway diagonal I don't know if that's been hard to explain I'll try and find a link to a YouTube that can visually show you stall displays and I'll try and link that in the bottom and oh, I think it's nice so too if you're when you're looking at your display to go to markets look like around you locally and take notes of all the little things in your head that you like that storeholders do and things you didn't like so go up to stalls and like talk to them like see how they interact with you and be like I like when she asked me how my day was or I didn't like when she asked me how my day was or like you know just like take notes of all the things people do and then kind of integrate that into your way of doing your stall experience I think that's a nice way yeah to just take inspiration for how to interact and how the things you liked like how they set up their things and you could even ask them like be like oh I really love your stall how you set up your cards like I'm looking to start a market stall can you like would you mind sharing where you got that from or you know do you have any places you'd recommend where I can get some display stands like it doesn't hurt to ask as well and the last thing for display is always prepare your displays for the worst possible weather and you will have an easeful time always so I prepare my stall for like my stall is windproof like and that doesn't mean walls. I don't really like having walls up because I feel like if it's windy, like if there's no rain, it's just windy. Having walls can like make your gazebo too crazy feeling. Create your display so like all your art prints are in like heavier boxes or I have paperweights on my table which I put inside the boxes or I put on my business cards and um, the display stands that hold my frames like really sturdy or if it's really crazy weather, I can just put an extra five kilo weight on that stand and it doesn't move so prepare your displays for the worst possible weather and you will be forever easeful and then you can help anyone else who maybe doesn't have such an easeful time if they have little earrings flying everywhere or anything like that <laughs> so if your stall's okay yeah little oh, little clips as well help like um like the big paper clips to clip down your cloth on your table and things like that okay i think that's all for that section Next section, how to apply, how do I get in and how to find stalls, like how to find markets that I want to be part of. I usually start by searching markets in your suburb. So, you know, if I'm in Newcastle or Port Stevens, I'd be like Port Stevens markets into Google. Um, you can also, if you want to travel to a certain area, if you're going to a holiday, you know, you can type in Northern Rivers markets or wherever you're going. So all markets in an application process are different. So some will have websites and you like you apply online, they want you to apply online. Others will be more chill and they'll have a Facebook page and you have to message them. Um, I don't have Facebook, so I often find if one has a Facebook page on the Facebook page on Google that I can see, it will have like a phone number or an email and I'll contact them that way as well. It's a nice little reminder as well that people who run markets are often really, really busy. So it doesn't hurt to recontact them if you haven't heard back, I don't know, for like a week or two or maybe the market's in two weeks time. Um, I have 
very like I have done this so many times where I'll like message them on another platform like via email or Instagram or double email to just be like hello I'm really excited to do your market um, on this date like I just want to check is there any stall spots available because I would love to be part of it if there is like it really doesn't hurt to do a follow-up because sometimes I just haven't had time the only time I'd say don't do a follow-up is when if they say like they're really specific on their online um, application process like we do intakes every six months or like like I had that for a market recently I was like whoa that's intense um or like you know we'll get back to you in three weeks like please don't follow up like don't follow up then but if they don't say anything like that or if it's been the two weeks really never hurts to do a follow-up the application process will usually have you submit a public liability like which you'll have already and you just send that through or you send a number through they'll usually ask you to send some photos sometimes they ask you to send stall photos and when you're beginning that's really stressful because you're like I don't have any stall photos <laughs> haven't done anything um I just think don't stress I just send in product photos just have some really nice product photos and maybe one of you with your product and I have done that before when I was just starting because I was like my stall looks terrible because I'm just starting <laughs> or I haven't done one before so yeah just send in product photos and one of you and the product and then later you know as you do more stalls then you can have a photo of you and your stall but yeah don't stress if you don't have that just submit what you have and with the application process keep it simple like when they say like what products will you will well, that words when they say what products will you sell you know just cards prints and then I just put price range five dollars to eighty dollars like you don't need to individually price range everything um I also think it never hurts if there's a space to ride it somewhere even just writing oh, I'm really excited like I'm really excited to be part of your market something where you just show your excitement about doing their market it kind of never hurts because I always think if you're on the other end you want people coming to your market store who are excited to be there and once you've started doing a couple stalls, whether it's in your community markets or you've travelled to do them, chat to the other stall holders. This is how you find other markets. Like a lot of markets sometimes aren't online or they don't come up first and ask them what ones they do regularly and see which ones they like. And I always write them down in my notes so I remember because if I don't, I will forget. So yeah, I think that's the biggest gift is just chatting to the stall holders and they'll tell you what's good and what's not. Finding the right market for you. <laughs> this takes time. Well, I found it took time for me. Some people, they just straight off the bat, they find the markets which suit them and they crush it and make heaps of sales. But for me and for a lot of other storeholders, this takes time to find your sweet spot and like which ones really work for you, what areas work for you, where the people are best suited to yeah, what you're selling and what you're offering. Um, in my first year of doing market, I went crazy and did like two to three markets a weekend. Yeah, you really begin to realise what markets suit and what didn't. Like I've woken up at 3am before, driven to Sydney to do a market. And then as, so I like drove at 3am, got there at 5, 5.30, it was still dark. And I was like, whoa, it's going to be a really big market. Like turned up, there's a big line of cars, these cars everywhere. And I was like, whoa, it's going to be a huge day. I'm going to make so much money. And as the sun kind of rose and it got lighter, I just looked around. I was just in this giant car boot sale. <laughs> and that day I made $15. I made $15. That's it. That's not after my stall fee. That's just $15. I think the stall was maybe 30 
you know, you just lose money. And sometimes you pay $100 for a stool and you make $80. So it's, yeah, it can be really stressful and really tiring, especially if you're relying on as your whole income, which I was. So yeah, I think when you're testing the waters, if you have a part-time job or you do have a bit of backup, like at times in those times, I had sometimes took like business loans of mum and dad which I've paid back yeah they can be very intense and it's hard when people tell you like the money is at this market and I might try it for three months because they've like they said they make like a thousand dollars and I've done it for two or three months and like barely cracked 200 I'm like okay this market isn't for me and then I've like done a market and which I didn't expect to be good and I'm making like could make like seven eight hundred dollars out I'm like whoa okay this is the market for my art so you really can't pick it don't stress out it's not it's don't take it as a reflection on your product you just haven't found the right place for your product because if you love it and you're passionate about it there is a place for you and your stall also when finding the right market for you too it's good to think about your product so for example like if you were a produce um they'd be suited to like the weekly farmers markets because it's something people get weekly when you have something more as a luxury item maybe as art even though I think art luxury it's a necessity (laughs) but it's not something maybe everyone's going to buy once a week it might be something they might get once every two months or they might get because they might get a gift for someone or a card you may need to think about having a bit more of a circuit or different markets that you're moving around on so you are in different places because for something like art you may need a bigger variety or a bigger pool of people because yeah they're not eating your art hopefully not (laughs) maybe they are so we're going to chat about keeping print costs low and the money at markets, like money as in how you're pricing things, how you're, yeah, how you're making money and adjusting your pricing too. So yeah, I highly recommend, this is more art specific, this one around the print costs, obviously. If you can, this depends on what medium you work with as well. So I work with watercolour and pen and I work on paper. So I w- it can be easily scanned. So I would recommend getting digital printing over fine art printing because fine art printing can be so expensive. Like you can be paying $30 to $40 per A3 print, which means then you're pricing your works at $80 to $90 and that can be okay. Like know your worth, know that's great. Um, but your profit margin still it maybe not is not that big. It makes it more of a decision for people. And this can go both ways kind of thing. This is just because it's so hard with art because it's like yes it's more of an investment if it's 80 or 90 dollars and it does have this like higher quality to it as well but I know I like to keep mine more affordable so like my prints at a3 are 40 dollars because digital printing is cheaper to do quality still amazing I could still go out there and sell them for 90 but being able to offer affordable art is really lovely because sometimes the people who need the art sometimes can't afford it and I fall in this bracket sometimes in the sense like maybe I don't have an extra $90 that week or extra $150 to spend on art but that art piece would mean so much to me and bring me so much joy in my room every day so being able to offer it as $40 like then yeah so many art pieces in my room I've been able to grab for like $50 $30 but yeah pricing is tricky pricing is very tricky don't feel like you can never not change your prices too so money at markets and pricing things you're allowed yeah you're allowed to change them so for example I launched a coloring books this year too a large one and a small one I originally 
price the large one at $70, which is a lot. But the way I'd worked it out was like there were seven pages in it. It was black and white drawings. People could cut them out and frame them. And I thought, oh, well, my A3 prints are $40 each. So if they have seven prints, it's pretty much like $280 worth of art. But I really barely sold any. I sold like one or two because people don't really think like that majority I noticed like they're not really thinking I'll get this coloring book cut it up and frame it that was just how I was looking at it so then I changed it to 50 and then I maybe sold a couple more wasn't really moving I was like okay this isn't the right price yet I think I then put 40 one weekend I put a little sign $40 um, on just for this weekend at Gosford and Newcastle Farmers say usually $70 and I sold lots like I sold lots over that two days I was like okay $40 is like people are happy to part with $40 for what I'm offering so from then I just kept the coloring book $40 and I also now offer with it like a a free set of coloring pencils which will be like maybe I've paid $5 for them but I feel like it just helps move them along because it's like an extra thing to the product so people are happy to pay $40 and get a coloring book and a set of pencils so yeah feel free to like you can adjust and play with your product and see how people are reacting and are they buying it are they not buying it like maybe you need to adjust your prices it also helps to have like deals of things like rounded deals so for example like $30 prints in A3 two for 50 or I've got at the moment now $40 prints for A3 two for $60 or gift cards so I was only changed my prices maybe in the last five months they've stayed the, my prices have stayed the same for five years um so they were before cards were five dollars each or three for 12 but now they're six dollars each or three for 15 and you just got to think about like what is the easiest amount of money to hand over like in the sense of is like a nice number or like $60 is a nice number. Yeah, what makes it like a nice transaction kind of thing? I always think about how I like to shop and how I like to buy things. And so just, yeah, think about that for the purse on the other side. I also do, I have my stickers, my large stickers. They are now $6 each or three for 15. And because they're the same price as the cards, I can say to people, oh, you can mix and match. So it's like now they don't have to choose three cards. They might like want two stickers and then they're like, oh, I might as well get a card as well. So yeah, if you can offer things like that, it makes it an easier shopping experience and people feel like they're getting the most for their money, which is really nice because that's what you want. You want want the like person buying your things to feel like really happy. You want to feel happy with your, what you're earning too. Um, But yeah, it's such a, you have to just play, play with the pricing. Okay, good market perspectives to have or ones that I find comforting or yeah, things just to take into account when you're doing markets. And a good perspective to keep in mind is that markets are always a good way to meet people. So even if you have had a really bad money day, try not to zone in on that too much, even though it's hard not to. And just think about the people you've got to meet, the community you've slowly building and the other storeholders that you got to be friends with and you got to kind of view markets with like a really long tunnel vision like it's really hard it's hard when you feel pressured because you do need to make money that week to have like short tunnel vision make so crap so rubbish I made ten dollars ah stressful like that is really hard but markets you got to think like long term so you got to think like someone you've chatted and connected with maybe one day 
maybe three months down the track I've even had like two years later like I've met pit person two years later and they're like oh I really want to get that eagle now I saw it two years ago and now I'm ready to buy it (laughs) you know what I mean like and I'm sure there's gonna be people that I've met this year that might come back in five years time like it's really you're building all these little layers and they're going to come back to support you when you least expect it or in the long run so it's just one of those things you just got to like stick out keep turning up keep showing up and it does build over time as you yeah you keep being there and you keep meeting people and keep chatting and having genuine connections and being excited being excited to meet people and share your share your creative expression it's also cool too that you get to see so many other people's creative expression like people are going to come up and show you their art and like tell you their life story and yeah it's really very very special in that sense um it may also help to not to oh, this can go two ways so i say it may not help to base your whole earnings on markets um i have done this last year so prior to covid i was pretty good i was like getting quite a diverse income like a different having art in like maybe different shops or doing different events or maybe doing a little bit like character performing work or just like different things where I was like getting money from different avenues after COVID I kind of just started doing markets again and just markets so my money was at the whim of markets and markets were at the whim of weather (laughs) so this was really stressful (laughs) like yeah I, I don't recommend I recommend having if you have something creative like having other ways that you're getting revenue for that maybe you're doing commissions maybe you're painting murals maybe you're you do like performing on the side like maybe you have these other ways of making money from your creativity maybe you have a casual or part-time job or full-time job and you have weekends off so I think it's nice to just have that bit of something to bounce off like I've definitely now branched out into having like the pop-up shops and like small like um card wholesaling like just small shops so far like print wholesaling like just starting to diversify it again means when I'm turning up to a market it's not this big stressful thing and I can come to the market with a really optimistic perspective and not yeah be all dependent on how much I make the energetics of markets okay there's a few layers of energy things I want to talk about So I like to set a pre-market intention. I find this really important. Maybe you do it already as well. And this goes for energetically and then this goes for money-wise. So I've started to write for like a market either weekend or a market, maybe just one market or pop-up shop. I might write down, I may need $200 for rent. I need $80 for fuel. Maybe I need $100 for something else, a bill. Whatever it is, I might be like, okay, I need, I would like to make $450 as a bare minimum and the rest is like overflow for savings or whatever or for other things and I write $450 and then I just release I just release any expectations of making that and I've been really finding that now I've started doing that the last few months it's been working out um, quite a bit just like releasing this is how much I want to make and I trust I'm going to do every done everything I can and I just I know it's going to come to me and yeah so that's like the money intention I've started to set the energetic I can't do like a protection prayer before each market and if I don't do this I really notice a difference in the type of people that sometimes then come to my soul so I put my hand on my heart and I do this sometimes when I'm driving to the market I imagine like just sealing over my energy field 
and asking to close any energy leaks. I then, so I might, so it might sound something like this, just as an example, I call upon my guardian angels, spirit guides, fairy friends and mother nature now to help seal and protect my auric field. I ask for anyone of any ill intent, any being, spirit, energy or person who has any intention to dull, spike, drain or physically attach to my mind, body or soul in any shape or form be removed from my path now. I ask for my stall to be a place of calm, to be a place that like-minded souls with love, empathy and magic in their heart gather. I hold the intention that my art act as a bridge of remembering to anyone that has forgotten the magic within them. That my art sparks a remembering of their own magic. They do not need me or my art after they have that connection. Their own inner soul reweaves back together their connection to the magic within. And then I usually like end that with just being like, I'm so grateful for this body. I am so grateful to have the energy to go to the market. And if I can, like I'll look in my rear view mirror, like look myself straight in the eye and be like, I love you, Julia. Like you're doing really well and we're going to have a great day. And I go like, thank you. And I just like, you know, it just, it just seals it in, makes a really clear intention for the day. And yeah, I really, if I don't do this, I really notice a difference like sometimes I might get people who come up and they're really trying to drain my energy they sometimes might be bordering a bit on creepy I don't like to use that word lightly but yeah sometimes we get people person with a bit more of a predator energy and I'm like ah I didn't do my protection press (laughs) um so yeah I find these really important and then at the end of the day I usually just seal off the little like portal thing I've opened um I always have a shower or have a if you can have a swim after market like clear off with water like just rinse off the day and yeah I feel like that just really protects because you're going out there with your soul and the thing you love making so I think it's so important to just make sure your energetics are intact and yeah it just makes a really nice day for you as well the other energetics of markets is money like spending money I don't always do this because maybe that day I don't really have much spare money, but sometimes oh, you kind of like intuitively feel it if you like, if you zone into this. So oh, sometimes I'm like, okay, today I need to buy, like I need to put money out for it to come back. So it's that saying of like, you can't receive money with a closed hand, like you have to open your hand. So I might be like, okay, today I'm going to get a little coffee, a little Danish, and I'm going to go buy like a little soap, uh, oil or a a piece of art. Like I'm going to go support like three stalls and maybe, you know, maybe spend 30 or $50 before the day started. It's probably not viable to do this like every time because you may be like short on money, but I just link into it intuitively so I'm like today's a day where I need to release money and it's going to come back so it needs to go out into the market community and it will yeah make its way back to you so yeah that's just another little thing which I like to do as well (laughs) and I think that's it for that bit I yeah I hope that's helpful as well and now I'm just gonna dive into a little bit of question time I got a few questions and some kind of double over so I'll answer them together um but yeah hopefully this was helpful (laughs) okay so question time what online platforms is it important to have your art on a site like deviant art good 
So I think this really depends on your style of art and how much energy you want to put into what platform. So I think if you don't want to do something, don't do it because people can feel that and you may as well be putting energy into something you do want to do. So like deviant art, I personally haven't felt called to, but where I've gotten a, like a massage before, she, her daughter, she was telling me her daughter puts all this art in deviant art and it goes really well for her because she creates like anime style art. So I think if that's your niche and you love doing that and you're inspired by the people on there, 100% have your art on deviant art. For me, I get a lot of enjoyment using Instagram. I love sharing on there. I love messaging on there. Yeah, I find that easy. And like podcasting, I enjoy. I've had Etsy, like an Etsy shop. I have found that's quite good because you don't have all the website startup fees. Like you are just uploading your product. It's up, it's done, and you can get a little bit of an organic reach on there. Etsy does take a steep fee. Like if you made a $50 sale, you'll get $38. So I do have a website now too, and I use Squarespace. And that one, for example, if you made a $50 sale, you get $48. So it's a huge difference. But I think Etsy... I'm going to still keep Etsy because a lot of people like it and yeah, you still get a little bit of organic reach on there as well. This one's kind of similar, like what network slash routes did you take for starting a website? The website I have now, I use Squarespace. I have actually made three websites in the past. So as I was saying before, I've always kept Etsy and that's just always been there. But I've always tried to have websites because when you look up how to start a business, blah, 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 they're always like, have a website. So I'm like, I've got to have a website. So I've used Weebly, I've used Wix and Shopify. But at the time, my business wasn't at a point where people were buying off the website. It just wasn't being used and I was paying a monthly fee. I was paying for the domain and I ended up deleting it each time because for me, it just wasn't worth it. So I'm only at a point now where people are using the website and people were wanting to buy online and I'm traveling around quite a bit so now it's like a website is useful and it's like it's worth paying the monthly fees and the domain and all that sort of thing. I just did a lot of like research on Google like best websites to use but I highly recommend Squarespace because yeah I've used the other three platforms. I know there's heaps more out there um, but I have found it the most easy to set up the formatting is really lovely they I don't know I just really like it feels really clean just feels like you can play with it a bit more like I feel like I couldn't quite get what I wanted when I had the other website like I was happy but not happy with it the way I'm happy with this one so yeah I'd highly use Squarespace and honestly just like I just had to watch a lot of YouTube or (laughs) read the Squarespace help things when I got stuck because I got stuck quite a few times. So yeah, YouTube was very helpful. <laughs> These questions are kind of the similar. So what do people normally go for? Small, cheap prints or big framed ones? And what if you notice sells the best for you? It's always good to have something expensive there out of your, have your a expensive product. So my most expensive one is a $400 aluminium. I would sell regularly like I don't sell my originals at the markets because I feel like they sit at 2000 that's too expensive for the markets but I have my $400 aluminiums there and they're a large print because if you don't have it there people don't know so they can't buy it and it's not like I don't sell one every weekend but people know they're there and they take note of it and then they might buy it like 
a month after they've seen it or might sell like one a month kind of thing but people overall like my main income changes on the seasons I've noticed which is really interesting so this winter I was laughing with Courtney I'm like oh, I've survived on like my surviving on stickers and cards <laughs> like people were just yeah buying stickers and cards and that got me through winter and the colouring books got me through the start of the year then so it was like colouring books stickers and cards and people weren't really buying prints um, which is really interesting and then towards this Christmas period now I have predominantly sold framed prints because it's like a done gift so I sell an A4 print um, in a frame for 35 and then the A3 print for $60. I've found people mainly get the A3 print and then I also have A2 prints for $100 framed and I sold a lot of them over the last two days so we're a week out for Christmas so a week out for Christmas people were buying like big pieces but through the year and winter have the small things like have have the range there but it's going to be seasonal I found and I think it then depends to where you're going like what's the environment you're going into like are you going into a festival because then people are going to want stickers like they're like yeah I'm going to put in my van water bottle magnets um but then if you're maybe going to maybe more of like an art curated market yeah they're going to want prints more too I think yeah on the cheaper range maybe when you're starting to maybe this is bad advice I don't know for me personally it's like I have found it easier to keep everything cheaper and more affordable because then it does sell you know like people are happy to buy it especially when you're a starting artist like people don't know who you are like you know you don't have like this acclaimed like name to you yet so you're not a big noted artist because I'm just starting out people yeah people aren't familiar with your art so they're like they're the beginner investors buying your little pieces and maybe as you build you can have higher prices I've always kind of made it a little like oath to myself that I will always have affordable art because I yeah as mentioned before I think it's beautiful and people can have it but yeah always have at least one or two expensive things there but don't have your whole stores expensive things because then it overwhelms and scares people too they're like ah too much money <laughs> next question would love to know your approach towards marketing and overall strategy for your industry. This is obviously just my strategy, which I don't know if it's a very good one, but I only do things I want to do. And like my sister and also like this girl at this pop-up shop the other day, they'd be like, you need to do TikTok, you need to do Reels, like you could just blow up with this, you know, you should do all these things. I'm like, I could, I should. But I just like, I don't want to. Like, it's just like, I just, I just don't want to make TikTok reels. I could, I don't know. My strategy advice, maybe it's not very good, but is just only do things you want to do because then they're going to get done. Because I think if you have a list of things you don't want to do, like if you're starting out and you're like, I've got to make a YouTube, I've got to make a TikTok and I've got to post to Facebook and I've got to go to the market store on the weekend and I've got to finish actually like drawing the piece you're like, you just feel stressed and burnt out and gross. Like you're probably like, I don't want to do this. And you feel like unenthusiastic. But if you made that list, like you're like, you know what? I love making YouTube videos and I've got to go to the store on the weekend and I really want to sit down and draw. Like just do the YouTube video, sit down and draw, go to your store on the weekend and you scrap the other things. Like scrap what you, what you don't need to do unless it's like doing your taxes or something. But anything you don't need to do and you just feel like you should do, don't do it. 
like you're just wasting your time and you could be getting ahead in so many other ways marketing wise yes I pour a lot of energy into Instagram and I'm consistent on that I'm also a massive believer in in in-person I also think what if for some reason like you see creators and small businesses lose their Instagram account or lose their Facebook and they lose their whole following and their whole business and I know that can happen in real life as like in person too but like that would just be so hard so I think it's always important in your marketing to base a lot of your like business structure and your business plan in person like I can delete my Instagram for two months and I'm still working like I'm still creating I'm still going to markets I'm still going to pop-ups like my business runs like it runs in person so I think I know I kind of take that into account for marketing which maybe is like counter to what everyone says you should do I don't know (laughs) but it works for me I also find for my energy levels too yeah I just get too drained spending too much time online and the more time because you're going to get busy if you're doing lots of stalls and the packing and the prepping and all those little things so as much time as you can dedicate to your in-person even creating like your time drawing your time having rest time to rejuvenate and yeah your time painting the more you're better off to create I think more works and more artworks than you are Instagram posts. I think that's more viable. Like why spend three hours doing a self-photoshop reel when you can spend three hours getting into an artwork. But do what makes you feel good. (laughs) And if online, Instagram, like socials, everything really like lights your fire, go for gold. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if my strategies have been (laughs) a bit interesting, but... Yeah, that's how I do it. (laughs) It works so far. (laughs) It works pretty good. And I think that's all for today. I hope that's helpful. It was fun to talk about. I hope it helps all the little things if you're, or just even helps get a glimmer if you just have never done a stall, gives you a little bit more insight. And yeah, if you have any more questions or need to fill in any gaps that I've left in the episode, Hopefully I haven't, but if I have, just send me a message on Instagram or send me an email and I will get back to you as quickly as I can. Sometimes it might be a week or two weeks, but we get there. Everything's in good time. 